0: Hello guys and welcome back to the Football Draft podcast with myself and Ben. James isn't here today so that's why you're hearing my voice instead of his. So uh, thanks for joining us today. Make sure to follow us on our Twitter, uh, on Spotify and our YouTube channel where we upload full versions of our podcast. Today we are talking about Man United, Arsenal and Manchester City in their recent games this game week. So Ben, let's start off with Man United. What did you think of the game against Tottenham?
1: Very, very good game.
0: Um, I was delighted with
1: it. Uh, the first half concerned me a little bit; didn't seem to get going. But it seems to be a, a a thing, a pattern this season where, as soon as we go down, we come out in the second half and we're just so much better that we just start playing. And I don't know, it was great. I think everyone in the second half performed really well. I couldn't really pick a man of the match myself, but I was really impressed with. Cavani mainly, I, th- I thought his movement up there was uh, crucial to to the win and, and one of the reasons why we were able to come back and, and get that important win. Um, But, you know, the first half you saw we, we, we scored a goal which was ruled out, but to me, I thought that was a joke. I, it <laughs> like a perfectly good goal, Son going down oh, way too easily.
0: VAR is a massive topic of discussion, isn't it?
1: Exactly. Every single week there's always something wrong. I mean, this weekend especially, there was so many sides that were a joke and then and then for this to happen as well it's it's just making me question the whole the whole point of VAR
0: anymore Oh man! well listen we'll get on to that later but I just think comeback FC um you know the the the, the most points after going 1-0 down in the league um it, it's just crazy so uh yeah it was a bit of a weird game um first half as you say we, we, we weren't amazing um but I just think it's more to be admired, I think, rather than scorned because, you know, it, it takes a certain manager to get your players back up and running again and, you know, um, to get them firing on all cylinders again. So, I mean, credit to Ollie for getting him to that stage. Um, I think the, the substitution of Mason Greenwood um, at the 70th minute for Rashford was very good. Uh, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, why, why are we uh, subbing Rashford off when we're looking for a goal? But you know, once again, all he uses um his substitutions wisely, um you know, and, and gets the result that really we deserved after the whole VAR incident and what had happened during the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you saw that when he came on in the last twenty minutes, he got an assist, and he got a goal, and that's the type of impact that uh, we know he's capable of. Uh, obviously, this season, people have tried to criticise him for, for the lack of goals, but like Ollie said, that there's other parts of his game where he's improved over this season. And that assist to Cavani was a prime example of that. Uh, there's been loads of times this season where I've seen his crosses into the box. And, and for someone that is more uh, a lethal finisher and stuff, for him to have that uh, ability to just put a cute ball into the box, I thought it's uh, it's uh, it's very encouraging to see. And I think he'll only improve. And I think the goals will come, like all these. Yeah,
0: time. they absolutely will, man. Um, it's great to see Cavani's influence in Greenwood. You can really see that. There was a clip I saw on uh, Twitter the, the other day. Um, where it was Cavani sort of instructing Greenwood to hit a ball earlier um, because he'd hit a ball to him before and it didn't work. And then about a couple of minutes later, Greenwood hits a first-time pass and it goes in the back of the net. And you just, you know, I-, I think that type of influence is what United have been missing for a couple of years now. Um, you know, Cavani is not going to play, ga- uh, you know, week in, week out. We-, we know that. But I think his influence... On the younger generation, uh, you know those coming through, even Rashford there, you know, and, and Greenwood especially, that the, um, his influence on them is really evident. Um, so I just I think he's going to go in the summer. Um, you know, it, it's a pity that you know he might, but I I just think that th- that influence will be missed. Um, and you've seen, you know, especially Cavani's movement in the final third and in the box, he he's the only one sort of making runs when there, uh, when others aren't. You know, he's a proper out-and-out goal scorer and he's a poacher. You know, th- that goal is a, is a poacher's goal, um, that header, that flying header. And it, it just really, um uh, it was a really, really good goal. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think um their relationship this season, um, I think, is ultimately going to bring out the best in Mason Greenwood. And I just hope that... Um, I just hope that he succeeds at this club. He's nineteen years of age, uh, and he's just he's playing like a twenty-five-year-old. So let's just hope he continues.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and obviously, like you said, Cavani, Cavani isn't going to be playing week in, week out. Um, but I think to me, it's still important that we we try keep him for next season, um, because his, his impact on on the young the young strikers coming up, the young attackers with. Uh, Greenwood Martial Rashford his impact on them will be will be vital and it can really improve them uh, leaves and bounds and uh, I think it like you said it's already it's already shown on Greenwood and, and Rashford and I think it's only going to be a positive even if he doesn't play as much even next season as he has this season I still think his is uh, his presence around in the training ground and in the in the uh, changing room and, and just in games and I think I think it's just crucial that they have that around them, that experience, proper number nine, uh, that's had an amazing career. I just think that is so important for their for their development.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, man. Um, and I just think Cavani, being being as old as he is, um, that goal uh, that should have stood. Um, that VAR decision, I think we can get a bit onto VAR now. Um, you know that that goal is just an excellent goal. and It shows you Cavani's skill. Um, really evidently um i just think it's an absolute disgrace that that didn't stand um you know i mean a lot of people criticized ollie for his comments um after the game but i mean he's using analogies but he's absolutely right you know it that's you know a player runs like that he he would have run like that other players run like that you I mean you saw the elbow that um Aurier received from pogba you know and you know that's not a foul Whereas you know, you look at the likes of this with Scott McTominay against, you know, it's not a foul either. Um, a lot of and I heard a lot of people saying about how when the referee goes over to the to the VAR box, um, and, and watches it up close, that he kind of has to give it, um, you know, it, it be, because he's gone over and reviewed it. You know, it is there is contact, but football's becoming like bloody basketball. You know, this is a contact sport. You know, you're going you're going to rub shoulders with people. You're going to. But and and that's a disgrace for son to be lying down for three minutes after receiving a wee light tap on the face. Like God, I hope he's okay. Like God, it's annoying.
1: It is. I mean, and also when they go to review on on the monitor at the side of the pitch, they they always make it look a lot worse than it was. Mm-hmm. They always keep it to a really short clip, and they always put it in slow motion. Uh, so it always like it always just looks worse than it is like. It's just so frustrating because if you saw the full the full clip, you saw that Son was actually trying to grab hold of him first, yep. and as any player does, they just they just put their arm anyway just try to try brush them mm-hmm. off. There was no intent to hit Son in the face. No, there's not. It just so happened, and the fact is he didn't even hit him hard. It was just like a, a little tap, and then that was it. And oh, it's, it's just frustrating because, like you said, it was such a good goal. Um, the 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 pass from Pogba, the run from Cavani, and and the first time finish. It, it was it was just a amazing so it was it was so annoying to see and then for for son to lie on the ground for three minutes asking for teammates to help him up and then for him to score like three four minutes later just that just that was like the the point for me where
0: i I was just getting so mad at the game and oh man i i mean you go on about this man united team and how you've seen games you know that you think oh god we're we're way off it and we're never capable of winning titles that is a title winning in performance that we saw against Spurs. That is the type of performance that you know you see the way the players bounce back from injustice, you know, and that's the type of fair, uh, type of performance that I would have seen under Sir Alex. You know, it, it's that um willingness to get back into the game, doing whatever it takes. Um, and I think really, and which leads me on to another topic of discussion. Um, I think the Pogba was instrumental in that. I think that Pogba really showed. Um, what he's really good at, that hold-up play, um, that ability to find a key pass, that ability to get into spaces. Uh, You know, Match of the Day made a really good point about how Pogba always found himself in pockets of space and instead of hitting the ball backwards um, when there was no other options, he tried to find an option and using his skill actually found that pocket of space, ran through it and made things happen. That's the type of Um, skill in our midfield that we've been lacking for a long time Um, and I think that you know especially for the couple of weeks that Pogba was injured there you know we really missed that. McTominay can't do that you know Fred can't do that and to be honest I find in recent games now he's my favourite player but Bruno sometimes isn't capable of that you know that's why it's instrumental for us I think that Pogba stays at this club, because we need that type, we can't afford to let go of that type of player, because it'll be north of a hundred million before we're able to get another player that's even remotely like that, so I think we'd be remiss to to argue that, you know, we cash in on Pogba, I, I remember, um I don't remember whether it was on this podcast, or whether it was someone else, but, you know, that I, I think it was the episode with Gaz, you know, he, uh, asking about, you know, do you cash out in Pogba? I said, yeah, I, I said maybe you cash out in Pogba. But there's there's an option C that I didn't really talk about was try and keep him at the club. And really, that's where I stand. I, th- I think Pogba needs to to stay at this club because we have no other player like him and we won't be able to get another player like him, at least for a long, long time. So, I, I mean, I don't know what, do you, uh, where you stand on that issue.
1: No, I agree with you 100%. He's the type of player that, that we have to try to keep hold of. People I've seen people before try to say, oh, we, we don't need Pogba anymore, but we've got we've got Bruno, and then we can introduce uh, Van de Beek more. But to me, like you said, Pogba does things that no one else at the club can do in the midfield. Uh, even Bruno, that, that, even though how good he is and, and how um, well-class he's been for the club, there's certain things that... Uh, he does that maybe Bruno can't, that Pogba can't do, sorry. And there's things that Pogba does that Bruno can't do. So they're both very, very important to the team. And, and they both are the reason why like our good form is as it is. And, and the reason that as soon as Pogba came back, instantly we started to look a whole lot better and a lot more controlled in, in the midfield area. Because like you said, Fred and McTominay, they just, they just can't do the same as what Pogba can do. So I'm the same as you. Pogba is someone that we definitely have to try to keep because he's just way too important. Because we saw when when he was injured that we did miss
0: him a lot. We really did, yeah. Um, but you know, uh, talking about we talked about Mason Greenwood there. Um, again, it's a bit of a side issue, but I thought for for the benefit of our listeners, um, you know, you mentioned about the youth there. Greenwood. As I say, we all know he's a generational talent, but that comes from what Ollie has done. With our youth setup, and I think that the youth coming through at the minute is really good. Um, if you want to hear more about uh, about uh, the uh, the academy at Man United, um, me and Ben are actually working in a collaboration with United Journal, um, and we are doing a series over on their YouTube channel um, called Academy Review where we talk about United's under 18s, under 23s, um, you know, loan watch, looking at who's out and who's coming in, you know, and we have this whole series. So if you want to check that out, uh the link will be in the description for their YouTube channel. So make sure to check that out uh to hear more about the academy over there. But yeah, so enough about United. Uh what did you make of the other games this week? Uh a lovely a lovely 2-1 defeat to City. It was lovely to see my boy repping for Northern Ireland. Stuart Dallas, what a legend. Uh, what, what did you think of the game? Oh,
1: it was fantastic to see. Uh, it just, oh, it was a great start to the weekend. Because <laughs> to me, I was like, this is where City will probably basically stamp one hand uh, on, on the title if, if they won yesterday. Um, and then when Leeds went one nil up, I didn't want to get over over the top, and when it becomes really confident that it was going to happen, because you know what City are like, they they can just come back at any moment. And then when the red card happened to to Cooper, I was like, oh dear, this is what it's going to go downhill, and City are going to come back itself, and win yeah. three, or, yeah, yeah, three or four one. Um, and then City got, but the thing is with City, when I watched them, they had so much of the ball in the second half. that yeah, they scored that one goal, but they didn't really seem to to th- put as much of a threat that I thought they would considering Leeds were down to, to 10 men and they were the home team. And it just kind of baffled me because I thought that it was it was basically a certainty that after the red card they were going to go and win the game. And then obviously it was reaching near the end and I was like, oh, it's going to be a one-all draw. And then you see a beautiful through ball, Stuart Dallas running in behind, scoring again. And oh, I don't think I've celebrated that much
0: for for <laughs> a while just to see Man City lose. For Lewis. a Leeds goal especially, yeah. um, I, I, I mean... I didn't get watching the game actually. Uh, I was out uh, at that time, but you know, I I just think f- for someone to, um, for someone to beat City at this stage, uh, or, or, you know, in the Premier League, it is telling. You know, is there something, are City beatable? Are you know? I, Technically, they are, yes, because Leeds beat them, but you know, could this beat lead to something? I, I saw a stat there the other day, um, about the fact that like similarities to uh, from this year to the season where City stole it from United, you know, um, there's similarities like they were uh, eight points behind at this time, all, all, all this coincidental stuff, and you know, I, I just think title, title challenge still on, but um. No, I, I just think it's, um, it was a weird one. Um, I, I saw on uh, Sky Sports, it was um, a red card to Leeds, and I thought, oh, right, okay, it'll be a 2-1, 3-1, 4-1, given the fact of how United performed against them earlier in the season. But, you know, um, are, are Leeds now kind of ones to watch coming towards the end of the season? You know, are they... Um, is Bielsa really kicked them up the arse and uh, going to get a few results out of them, or what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have actually likely this season... Uh it seems to be that whenever they play there's always going to be goals uh the way that bielsa sets them up uh he doesn't care uh how they win even if it's like a a 4-3 he'd rather a 4-3 win than a 1-0 win um so yeah i mean
0: i've always liked watching them this yeah sorry i was just you always get goals whether it's in their net or the other one you know you look at our game 6-2 you know it's absolutely crazy McTominy banging in two you know it's it's just mental there's always goals but um I, I think they could be they could get a few good results towards the end of the season i hope you know so um but yeah uh, it, it was it was a very good game and it was good to see city drop points um so if there's any um hope for united it's it's there but um yeah and james couldn't join us today but i sure he'd be jumping with joy for his three 0 win, what did you make of that game? Uh, it was kind. Of, it
1: was kind of expected. Uh, obviously, Sheffield United are, are having a really <laughs> awful season, and then uh, Chris Wilder leaving uh, a while ago. I mean, I, I think that didn't help at all. Uh, so to me, it just seems like whoever plays Sheffield United now, it's pretty much a guaranteed three <laughs> points. Um, so and but you know it's it's nice to see Arsenal still in that in that mid table area, even after a win. I think that's where they're meant
0: to be at the moment. They're they're a mid table team too. Yeah, me oh right. yeah. tops who said top six? I don't know. No top six for Arsenal. They're a mid table team. Um but they're just they're just chilling down there in, in, in ninth place. It's we're, we're just sort of asking them how's the weather down there? Like, you know, so um <laughs> it's great to see. But um no I, I mean i where do, where do you stand in this whole Arteta debate? Do you think um, do do you think if the uh if the Europa League doesn't go anywhere that he'll get the sack? Did they? What well, I don't remember the result of the Was it Arsenal and Slavia Prague. Um, do you what was the end of that game? It was uh it was one all. Uh, so Slavia
1: Prague haven't having a way goal, so it's it's there you Slavia go. Prague at the moment. There you go, right? <laughs> um, but on on your question about uh, Arteta, it, it's a tough question because. Like, you, you don't actually know where he can take them, but then at the same time, it's like, if you get rid of him, who can who could they bring in now? Because I feel like if they get rid of Arteta, then, then the attraction of the Arsenal job will just decrease. Um, but James certainly is under the impression that he should be given time, even if uh, they don't win the Europa League this season. And obviously, they're, they're not going to reach 6th uh, or 7th place to even get Europa League spot anyway yeah. in that league, so... They could be without Europe next season, but I I feel like he should at least get this summer see see what business he can do in the window. I, I'm sure he'll know.
0: But would you not like on the Arsenal board? Would you not think you know? Like for me personally, I know he's he's won an FA Cup, right? But what has he actually done? Like what 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 business who who's he brought in? Um, has he got Arsenal playing any better? You know, are they are they progressing as a football club, or are they the way I think they are? I think they're going backwards. So, w- what has he actually done to deserve more time?
1: The, the biggest thing I feel like I've seen him do, which has just failed completely, is he's, he got Aubameyang to sign a new contract, but <laughs> as you've seen this season, it's t- if you think about it, he was actually better when his contract was expiring. Yeah. To the point that as soon as he signed a new contract, he just he hasn't been. The same he as really he was hasn't. in the past seasons. This has been his worst run at, run at Arsenal in terms of of, of goals scored. Um, and is James said it last time out. His whole like attitude and his whole like body language. He just doesn't seem to care anymore, and he seems to think
0: that uh, I, th- I don't think he wants to be. No, hundred percent. And my opinion on the thing is that. Aubameyang, when he's actually not scoring goals, and here here's something that I'll bring to you. When, when Aubameyang's not scoring goals, he doesn't offer anything to that Arsenal side, really. He doesn't add a, a whole pile. Whereas when Cavani isn't scoring goals, he offers absolutely loads, whether it's mentoring the young players who are playing alongside of him, whether it's his influence in the dressing room. He offers so much for... Him as a striker, and he doesn't even play every week. Abamyang is is their is their number one starter, so I assume he's first on the team sheet every week. So what else apart from the the all goal, which doesn't seem to be happening very much nowadays? You know, Lacazette's scoring more than um you know at the minute he's on a better run. But what actually does Abamyang offer this uh, the team at the minute? Abamyang is a top a top uh, player. You know, he he's capable of more than this. So I just wonder, is he done with Arsenal? Does he want out, or you know, and and that leads me on then to, you know, a contract extension. How can how can you praise Arteta for that when this is what you get through as the extension? Do you know
1: what I mean? Nah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think uh, it was the same with with Mesut Ozil. He signed a new contract and then he just seemed to go backwards and and then he left. Um. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happened to, Abamyang. He signed a new contract, he's, he's having a really bad season. Uh, even now he's not scoring, like I said, he's not offering anything to the team. Uh, he doesn't look like he wants to be there. So I wouldn't be surprised if this summer he tries to force his way out. Uh, similar to what I feel Harry Kane will do with Tottenham. I think uh, he'll want to leave. So it could be a, ba- a bad summer for Arsenal if they lose at And then they don't get anyone in even close to the caliber of player because regardless of Vamiang's season, like you said, he's still a, a top class player. Uh and that's just looking back at his goal scoring records, his his career, it's obvious about the type of player that he is. So Absolutely. it will be bad if he leaves regardless of the bad season he's having. And they will need to try get good cash for him to then be able to replace him in the summer. So I don't know. With our Tets it's
0: really hard to say whether he should he should stay or go. Oh, I'll Ben. I'll make it very simple for you, lad. Go. <laughs> I mean, I listen. I I just don't think. Um, I think he's had his time. I think that Arsenal need to go in a new direction now because they are more of a mid-table team now this season than they've ever been. Um, I think they have higher standards than that. I think that I I personally don't like them as a club. I don't I don't like the way they play football at the minute. Um. And of course, many say that about United, but that's just me. You know, I I think they need a fresh start. I think they need someone to come in. It, it's a question of who, of course, but um, I I just think you need someone to come in, do a complete revamp, uh, have a good transfer window. I realistically, I think for Arsenal, you need someone who's going to come in with an open checkbook, and just buy who they should buy because. I mean, I've said it in previous weeks and I don't really think he can... uh, People will disagree with me, but feel free. I just don't think they have enough quality in their team. I actually don't think they have quality players. Saka is obviously great. And Aubameyang, on his day, can be good. And Lacazette's okay. But other than that, I don't really see that much quality in their team. You know, not even at a top four level. I'm not on about, you know, winning trophies or anything. But for a top four side... For a top six side... Uh, in quotation marks, they just haven't got enough quality in their team. I think United, United have been constantly criticised by you know their um, squad depth and you know their quality of players, but they've got twice the quality that Arsenal have, and James would tell you that himself. So I, I just think that um, they need someone to come in with an open checkbook and a, a new manager. They need a fresh start. They need a reset button.
1: No, I agree. Uh, a way that I just thought about looking at it is if, if you backtrack uh, a few years ago, if this was uh, Arsene Wenger in this position, they'd be calling for him to go, and, and Arsene Wenger is is the best manager Arsenal have had. Um, so that's the way I look at it, is that if it was Arsene Wenger, they'd, they'd be calling him to go. So I think they shouldn't try to change their attitude just because it's Arteta. because I feel like they are trying to be uh, maybe a little bit softer on him, the way that i think chelsea fans were on lampard just because he used to play for them and stuff like that and and maybe man united fans like myself i think are, are a bit like that with oli but at the same time you have to be realistic if if your team aren't performing if it doesn't look like you're going anywhere then you just have to let them yeah. go and and that that shouldn't change anyone's opinion on him as as a player or anything like that or what he he did at arsenal um but it just happens to be that the time he went to be his manager just wasn't the right time they just didn't have the right team and they just do need someone with a bit more experience to try get them out this this uh, this trouble because they Arsenal shouldn't be a mid table team, but just the way they are right now, that that's the best they can really achieve at the moment. Yeah, and I mean,
0: it, it would be an interesting debate and could be a future podcast episode. You know, in Arteta versus Oli about what they've both accomplished for each side. Why you know, and to me, really, I think that Oli's accomplished more while he hasn't won anything. Really, he hasn't won any trophies um he's 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 progressed, Man United so much that and I think you'll agree with me, this is the best Man United team since Sir Alex left. You know, definitely. Um you know and I think we're looking at Europa League uh aspirations and there was a title chase on for you know um for so long. So I, I think really that I'm Arteta out, I am Marteta out. I'm not an Arsenal fan, so I don't really care. You know, um but I mean Listen, I just. I just think it's times done. But listen, we could. We could talk, or for hours and hours about Arsenal's plight. But I think we'll leave it there. Um. Lastly, I just think we, I wanted to cover the uh Ch- Champions League and your Euro- uh, Europa League games coming up this week. Um. So I believe it's uh, Bayern and PSG, and Porto and Chelsea. Now at the time at the time of recording, uh, we are recording on a Tuesday. Um, so this will be out. Uh, the games will be out tonight. So, um, what what do you think of them, Ben? Uh, I think the
1: Chelsea are comfortable. They're two 0 up. They've got two away goals. So, barring any total collapse and miracle from Porto, that that will be Chelsea through to the semi-finals. And PSG, Bayern. Uh, it's three two to PSG. And after the first leg, PSG have got three away goals. And even though it's still close, only three two, I I back PSG to squeeze through. I think they showed in the first leg, Mbappe's true quality that he can perform at the highest level against arguably the the best team in Europe at the moment, maybe Bar City. Um, so I I back PSG to to squeeze through. What do you think of the two games,
0: Chelsea? Yeah, Chelsea are going to get through. Um, I think against Porto, but I'm to say Bayern. Um, I think people are very quick to rule out Bayern Munich. And I know they're missing Lewandowski, but they are on real side. Arguably, best side in the world still. And I mean, I know everyone's saying PSG at the minute because they're the informed team. But we're talking here about European champions. You know, Bayern Munich, they're amazing. And I I, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, it's 3-2. Um, So if, if they score twice, they're grand. You know, and I, I think that Bayern have a good enough defence. To cope with it, I know obviously things didn't go their way last week, but I don't know, I I, I think Bayern are capable of shocking people. Um, so the, you all listening will know whether I'm right or wrong. Um, so that'll be an interesting one. Um, Europa League. Uh, so we have Man United and Granada, and we have Arsenal and Slavia Prague. So what do you think?
1: Uh, I see Man United going through... Uh- same as Chelsea, they got two away goals and in, in the away leg. Um so that was crucial. Um I, I think Oli might rotate the squad a little bit. Um maybe give Ahmad more of a chance maybe to start or at least get more minutes. Um maybe he'll try and introduce uh, maybe short Re again. Um so I'm excited for that to see if he, he plays some of them. But I still think we'll, we'll win the game anyway on the night. Um and with Arsenal Thing is, with the home game because it was one all, and Slavia Prague having a away goal, I'm actually, I actually find it hard to try find a way that Arsenal could go through because if they can't take advantage in the home leg, then it's kind of all or nothing now in in a away leg. So, and Slavia Prague are, have actually been an underrated team, I think, in this competition. You have to remember that they knocked out Leicester. Uh, they came through two uh, high scoring games against Rangers. And now, if they can knock out Arsenal, then I think they could be a, a team to watch. So, I don't know. It's a tough game, but I'm more edging towards uh, Slavia Prague just because of their away goal that they managed to
0: get at the Emirates. Uh, what what what's your score prediction for that game? Are you thinking a two one three one Slavia Prague? What are you thinking? Oh, like o- overall. Yeah, overall,
1: I think it could finish one all. One no, sorry, one nil to Slavia Prague on the night. So it'll be two one on
0: aggregate. Okay. So. Um, yeah, I was. See, at the same time, I think it would be a discredit to Arsenal to rule them out as well. So, I'm going to go United, obviously, because they're going to win. And they're going to win the Europa League, mark my words. Um, it's going to be an Arsenal win. I think they're going to win 2 or 3-0. Could be a 3-1. Um, I don't know whether that... Yeah, that... Yeah. So, it could be a 3-2 overall. Maybe a 4-2. You know, something like that. Arsenal. Arsenal's defence is something to be questioned. But... At the scene, I just think they'll score more. So I, I reckon Arsenal will go through. Um, And then, yeah, it's just about moving forward then to the semi finals Europa League. will win it. United will, mark my words, we will win it. I think so too. I, th- I think, no question.
1: We're just better than everyone else out in the competition. As <laughs> yeah. simple as that, we've just got too much quality.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: But anyway, I'm looking forward to that. Um, And let's see next week if, if we've got our predictions right with the teams going through. Um, but I think that'll be all for today on on the football draft Uh, obviously we're missing James but he'll be back next week Um, make sure you also follow us on Twitter at TFD2021 we'll link that in our descriptions anyway and be sure to check out our episodes on Spotify, iTunes and YouTube
0: Um, and yeah we'll just see you guys next time perfect and uh, lads make sure to follow me uh, United 18 uh i i I heard like the account is absolutely massive it's class so give us a wee follow there and sure we'll see the crack